Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Okay, a couple things at the top. Uh, so from day one, President Biden has treated climate change with the urgency it requires. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that we're treating climate change with the urgency that it requires, especially considering how hot it is. Because it never got hot before. And without Joe Biden treating climate change with urgency, how would we deal with how hot it is? It's hot. Hold on, we said that, right? Oh, this is proof. This is the proof of the climate change. This is the proof that everything is about to melt and we are all very slowly and then all of a sudden all at once are about to die. Isn't that right, Chuck Schumer? And look, we thank everyone for coming out here. The importance of climate is shown on a 90-degree day. We all want to be here to highlight the ERA. Wait, what? We're highlighting the ERA by discussing the importance of climate because it's 90 degrees in D.C. These people are embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-468-8669-833-GOT-TONY. I, I am going to leave the Hunter Biden plea deal behind for now. Just just for the next bit. We're going to hit it hard uh, tomorrow, starting at noon. But yes, the plea deal falls apart. There's no plea deal. There is no deal for Hunter. There was a deal. Then the deal got blown up. And then there was the possibility of another deal. And the judge said, I can't go down, you know, uh, get down with this. No. No, 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 no. So Hunter pleads not guilty in the tax case. There is no plea deal. There could be a plea deal tomorrow. Just so we're all aware, there's just no plea deal now. That's where we are at. The story is huge. Um, people stunned and shocked, and rightfully so. Uh, to, to to be stunned and shocked by it. As if somehow uh, the the uh, DOJ and uh, the Biden team weren't on the same page, which is strange because they're all paid by the same guy. No? Not too soon? No? Yes? All right, I'll leave that. I'll leave that uh, for, for, for others. And as I said, I will get into... More of uh, the border coming up, specifically uh, this decision from a uh, Northern uh, California judge. But man, Matt Gates just just breathing fire with uh, uh, Homeland Security oversight uh, and uh, Mayorkas, Secretary Mayorkas of uh, Secretary of Home uh, Homeland Security. Two million encounters and releases under your watch. So not including the Title 42 expulsions, not including violent criminals, of those 2 million plus, 
that you've encountered and released, how many have you told to go home? Um, uh, Congressman, uh, individuals who are released are placed in immigration enforcement proceedings under the law where they can make their claim for relief. If their claim for relief is not satisfied, they are subject to removal from the United right. States. Right. Subject to removal sounds very different than actually removed. So I'm not interested in the process. I'm not interested in what people are subject to. Two million people encountered and released, not the expulsions under Title 42, not the criminals. How many of those people have you deported? So, uh, Congressman, a few points. Number one. Just how many of the people? I just want to know how many. It's just a may. number. Congressman, uh, we are dealing with a completely broken immigration system. I get system. it. I, no, no, no. Mr. Secretary, I'm not going to let you burn my five minutes. Do you know the answer? Do you know the number of people out of that two million that you've removed that aren't criminals? I do know that okay. we have removed more aggravated felons. Right. I'm not asking about them. You, you, I, I've caveated that away. Because here's what I'm, I'm sort of getting and what your non-responsiveness is demonstrating. The Mayorkas doctrine is this. If you show up at the border and get released into the country, if you don't commit a specific aggravated felony, which, by the way, doesn't include a lot of assault and battery, doesn't include a lot of bad domestic violence, but if you're not one of the people who commit those crimes, you get to stay forever. Is, is that a fair characterization of your doctrine? No, that is false. Then tell me how many you're sending home. No, that is false. Okay, well, they, but you don't know the number of how many you've sent home. Here's another number. Two point, I'm sorry, 1.2 million people today have been through your entire process, right? They've been through what you call a removal proceeding is just an amnesty dance. Because after the 1.2 million people get an order from the judge saying that they don't have a basis to be here, you still don't remove them. Like, what's your plan to remove those people? Congressman, that is false. Yeah, well, it seems that just like we have seen in other cases, the answers don't come. They don't come in these hearings, whether it's Christopher Ray or it's Mayorkas. I'm going to get more into the border coming up. But a story that went by the wayside, and we've discussed it in pieces before. The IRS has spent $10 million on weapons and gear since 2020. The IRS? $10 million on guns. I'd like to hear some Democrats discuss this with me. Tell me how this is a problem. Wait, this isn't a problem? I spend 275 bucks. You want to know. If I have more than $600 I pay to somebody, you want to track it on PayPal. $10 million for the IRS to have guns? This collection agency? There are mafiosos out there going, now that's how you do it. Oh, Paulie. Paulie is $10 million. Oh, my God, Tommy. $10 million, $10 million Paulie. Ooh, I'd have no problems with collections then, that Tommy. You better believe it, Paulie. And think of what we'd save on concrete. Ooh. I'm sorry. Too soon? I don't think that was a too soon. I think that's one that gets me emails. Could you please stop disparaging Italian-Americans? I am not disparaging Italian-Americans. I'm saying that the IRS wants to emulate a certain segment of society, and that's the segment of society that could say, you don't have a choice, and we're willing to put barrel of gun to your head. Pay me. Anybody who's okay with this really believes in a police state, really believes in the idea that the government should have all the power and you should be subjected to the power, thus being a subject and not what? A citizen. 
IRS agents need guns? Mm, nah. Nah, I don't believe that to be the case. Then again, I don't know if FBI agents need to have guns. What can I say? Um, I'm old school like that. Find everything at TonyCats.com. More is coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. When you deal with the Communist Party, you deal with an irrational actor who will say anything. There is no shame. There is no concept of decency. There is only the concept of victory. Destroy the other person. Move ahead your message. Destroy, eliminate, kill Whatever the case may be, that's the reality. That is what happens when you deal with communists. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. And even though Confucius Institutes have been exposed on college campuses, I can go a few years back to having these conversations with Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District working to have these facilities removed. I can tell you about people who've taken travels across the globe and have seen the Confucius Institute set up. Ostensibly, it's about uh, teaching about and sharing Chinese culture. What they do from those institutes is push to ensure that nothing anti-Chinese is said or written and work aggressively to try and punish those who may honestly speak about the Communist Party. Well, now, although there has been a lot of good effort made or a lot of good effort put into it, a lot of strides made in getting this out of the college campuses, what about in the K through 12 classroom? Over there at Parents Defending Education, they have got the story about something called Little Red Classrooms. At least that's the report that shows that indeed these Confucius Institutes are trying to make their way, if not already well involved, in public education. Alex Nestor joins us right now, investigative fellow for Parents Defending Education. Before that, uh, education reporter at the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, And Alex, you've been, of course, following this story. Fox News has uh, this story uh, as well. Talk to me about this report. Who put this report uh, together? It was sent to 34 governors and others. uh, And what does this report tell us? Hi, well, thanks for having me. So this is a report from us at Parents Defending Education. And over the course of a few weeks, filing lots of public records requests and also just doing a lot of online searching, we found 143 school districts, including some that are near 20 military bases, that have ties to the Chinese government. And these can look like a few different things, right? So sometimes you'll have a Confucius classroom at an elementary, middle, or high school. And that was created with some help from a local Confucius Institute. And you gave a great background on that before I hopped on here. Um, In other cases, you'll have uh, nonprofit organizations um, or other third parties like the Asia Society or or, um, the College Board helping to prop up, um, you know, these ties to um, K-12 schools. And we've seen that um, 
you know, the, the contracts all together, the funding that's going toward this is close to $18 million. Um, and we know that this is still active in at least seven school districts. Talk to me about how that funding mechanism works. You talk about $18 million. Is this the Confucius Institutes uh, through the Communist Chinese Party writing a check to the local school district? Or does it happen in a more, uh, I'll utilize the term, nefarious way? Uh, but uh, you tell me how it comes together. Well, the Chinese government is notorious for funding things through, you know, third parties. But in some cases, it's pretty direct through these Confucius Institutes, for sure. You'll see that as one way that this funding is going into K-12 schools. Um, And again, you'll also see funding provided by, um, you know, third party organizations or third parties that help prop up these Confucius classrooms as well. Talking to Alex Nestor, she, an investigative fellow with Parents Defending Education, DefendingED.org. What made you and the team start looking into this? Were you were you tipped off? Did you already know it was happening? How did that come together? Well, that's a great question. This is uh, something that I personally have been interested in for quite some time. But I will say a colleague of mine um, found some documents that showed that Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology had ties to Tsinghua University High School, which is a high school affiliated with one of China's top military schools. So a colleague of mine found that out back in March, and you can read in the Washington Examiner more about Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, which, by the way, is one of the nation's top STEM high schools. Um, And, you know, through further investigation, we found that it's not the only top STEM high school in the nation that has ties to the Chinese government. You have a school in North Carolina as well as one in Kentucky that also have the same. But but yeah, it was just through uncovering that. And then, you know, we kind of thought, hey, if it's happening here, it's probably happening elsewhere. Um, And sure enough, you know, through uh, a few weeks, months of, of searching, uh, you know, we found 143 districts at one point or still do have these ties. Talk to me about what it is that's getting taught because of the dollars that flow through the school districts. Clearly, uh, the school districts know that the money is coming from this institute. They may or may not know this institute's history and where that money comes from. Never mind the legality, whether it's about a district level or a state level, uh, on taking those funds. What has it led to in the classroom in specific teaching or uh, materials? So this is a great question. Um, Our records searched mostly for contracts, um, but from what we found, things that actually happened in American K-12 schools, um, Chinese language and culture programming, which um, if you followed the Confucius Institute stuff at all, you know a lot of that is dictated by the CCP. Um, We we found, um, you know, teacher... uh, Teacher trades or student, um, you know, where they'll send students off to China or teachers off to China and Chinese teachers will um, come to American K-12 schools. We also know in the case of Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Tech that um, some projects were being sent back to China. Um, And actually, China had created a few schools based off of the Thomas Jefferson model. Um, So, again, we focused on the contracts. 
We don't have a ton of specifics, but I can say, you know, Chinese language and culture program, teacher and student exchanges, and at times sharing information with Chinese schools. Talking to Alex Nestor, investigative fellow for Parents Defending Education, formerly of the Washington Free Beacon. So so where does this lead us? Where does this lead uh, Parents Defending Education? What is it that they want to see? Is this about notifying school districts? Hey, you got to be on the watch for what, uh, the, who you're taking money from. Or is this about making a move on the federal level? So that's a good question. I mean, education is a very local issue. That's why our uh, 501c4 side PDE action sent letters to the 34 governors plus Mayor Muriel Bowser of Washington, D.C., saying, hey, we need some transparency, transparency here. I mean, look, schools, these programs sound great for kids. It's, it's good to give kids the opportunity to learn Chinese language and culture, um, but that obviously is going to come with some strings attached when you're talking about the Chinese Communist Party. So I think it's really important for states to step up um, you know, figure out, hey, what's going on? Where's funding going? Um, at the federal level, too, there's really only one law, to my knowledge, that governs any of this at all. And it is at the federal level, and it's only for higher education. And it's also only for contracts that are over $250,000 given from foreign entities to a university. So I think we need transparency with some of these more small-dollar donations um, that are happening, you know, on maybe a wider scale than some of the bigger donations are. But yeah, transparency at the state level, um, because education is such a local issue, um, but at the federal level as well. But the the, the idea that, that education is local, uh, don't, don't get me wrong, I would rather it more local. If I was somebody sure. who had the opportunity to do away with the Department of Education, I would, I would do so. Uh, so while we discuss it at a local level, it is very obvious, as we have seen dictates come from the Department of Education, things happen at the federal level. And of course, when we're talking about China, we're having a national security conversation. So there's multiple cases to be made for this to happen uh, at a national level. Has Parents Defending Education come up with any language that they would like to see in a level of legislation? Are there any members of Congress who have taken up their cause specifically and will start working on this issue? So PDE being a 501c3 organization doesn't work on legislation, doesn't lobby. I will say from our C4 side, it's really all about transparency. We want to see that accountability both at the state and the federal level. And I know some lawmakers in the past have introduced legislation, um, you know, to that. I believe uh, Senator Marco Rubio did this a while back. Um, but look, I mean, it's a it's a big issue. I don't think that bans really end up solving a whole lot. I would say transparency and, you know, having watchdogs like us and other groups out there monitoring this, it's going to be the most effective way to, um, you know, root out CCP influences in our schools. That's exactly what we saw happen at the um, federal or at the federal level with universities as well, Confucius Institute. So, um, yeah, I would say transparency is probably what we're going for from PDE action. And we hope that uh, governors and, uh, you know, our Congress will, will step up to this challenge. And uh, I don't mind that from, from parents defending education. Me, on a personal level, I'd be more for the rooting out. Alex Nestor, investigative fellow for Parents Defending Education. Find her work. Find out more at defendinged.org, defendinged.org. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. 
And I hope we can stick to the actual facts. Opened our borders. The reality is that Secretary Mayorkas is aggressively enforcing our immigration laws. The administration has issued a new asylum regulation that just yesterday a court determined was too restrictive. The administration has also opened additional legal pathways for migrants to come via refugee processing on a case-by-case parole determination. I got to stop. Gerald Nadler is going to get us to believe that Mayorkas is aggressively enforcing our immigration laws? How is that possible when the Biden administration is being thwarted from implementing the laws already on the books? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find it all at TonyKatz.com. It's just that easy to do. It was Biden. This is how the headline was. Biden uh, gets beaten in the courts. Do you know what happened? What happened was, was that Joe Biden was pushing the idea that if you illegally come into the United States of America, you cannot then claim asylum. The rule makes migrants ineligible if they've entered illegally and did not take advantage of lawful pathways set up by the federal government. That's from the reporting over there at Fox News. But a judge by the name of John Tiger, or maybe it's Tiger, T-I-G-A-R, U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California blocked the rule. It's called the Circumvention of Lawful Pathways Rule because a group of leftists sued to ensure that illegal immigration can continue. Tell me how Mayorkas is possibly doing everything he can, working vigorously. What was the exact wording Nadler used? Aggressively enforcing our immigration laws. When you have judges proactively preventing the Biden administration from doing so because fellow progressive travelers don't want it to happen. I'm sorry. I don't know how you sell this. I don't know how you begin to sell the idea that the administration is strong on on something they attempted to be and then they got shot down. As I've stated here, and I said this about Trump and I say it about Biden. As much as I don't want Biden to be president, as much as he has a horrific record on on immigration, the president gets to decide and set immigration policy. It's the purview of the president. Now, I don't think that means that Texas can't protect and defend themselves. The United States wants to get upset with Texas for putting in those buoys in the water and the razor wire trying to stop people from crossing the Rio Grande. They can be as angry as they want. Texas can put in the water what they will. Of course they can. Texas is under threat. We know this because the people of New York have said, please stop sending these people here. Remember a couple years ago, they wanted to be a sanctuary city and they were all in favor of protecting illegal immigrants. And now it's no mas. These people are not coming to Texas. They're coming to the United States. Texas has every right in the world to defend itself. And I would argue from just a federalism standpoint, they do have a case to be made. The federal government is failing them. No to extra protections in the water? No to that? Well, that's a weird, weird take. They're, they're, they're uh, hurting the situation. Isn't that what, uh, what Corinne Jean-Pierre said? Corinne Jean-Pierre said what's happening in Texas is that they're hurting. Hurting Biden's immigration plan. 
when we when we uh, moved forward uh, with a plan, right, a plan of deterrence, diplomacy, and also uh, enforcement with how we were going to move forward after Title 42 was lifted, we actually saw the numbers go down. Uh, we actually saw the, the president's plan working. And what you see uh, the governor doing is dangerous and unlawful, and it's actually hurting the process. It's hurting the process of what we're trying to it do. It is not hurting the process to protect the people of Texas. But is indeed, are are things working? Well, this is an interesting story about Title 42 versus Title 8. Title 42 was the procedure by which you could send people out of the country without having to do levels of review for asylum status because, well, we have ourselves a health issue, COVID, and therefore you're out, you're out, you're out. It's an easy way to move people out the door. Title 42 sunsets. So what do they utilize? Something they've been using for forever, using since the 40s, I believe it is. And that's Title 8. Title 8 and the penalties associated with it can actually be seen as stronger. Progressives are very, very upset with the utilization of Title 8 because the progressives don't believe in a border at all. You go back to Representative Ocasio-Cortez in the days of Trump. She would not vote for more beds at the border. Oh, I'm not talking about the crying. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you remember the crying, of course. Everybody remembers the crying. There she was at the border, dressed in all white, and she's... Oh, she's so upset. She cannot believe how awful it all is. The tears. Well, of course, the tears were just nonsense. The tears were made up. Because since Biden has been president, she's never gone down to the border. And there are still people crossing illegally and still kids in cages. She doesn't give a damn about kids. She doesn't care about brown kids. What? Well, I'm not allowed to use their language against them? Of course I can. Don't be ridiculous. She didn't vote to add beds to the border. And it made perfect sense from her point of view. Why would I vote to add beds to a border when I don't believe people should be stopped at the border? Because if there's one thing that I oppose, it is... The importance of human mobility. See, people should be allowed to go wherever it is they want to go. Therefore, you understand that Representative Ocasio-Cortez, at least at the time, and I would believe so, still the case now, doesn't believe in a border. And if you believe in human mobility... And you don't believe in a border. Why in the world would you vote for beds at the border? People shouldn't be stuck in those beds anyway because they shouldn't be stopped at the border. This is Representative Ocasio-Cortez. This is the progressive left. And still to this day, the same way, pushing against Joe Biden, the Democrat, for wanting to actually make a statement or wanting to actually push a policy that you would be like, all right, at least that's something. If you snuck into the country... You didn't go through a legal pathway. You don't get to now claim asylum. You're gone. Goodbye. 
And with Title VIII, the rules are that if you come back within, I think it's like five years, it's a criminal act, you can go to jail, the, the, the whole thing. The deputy director of the ACLU's Immigrants' Rights Project said, quote, the ruling is a victory, but each day the Biden administration prolongs the fight over its illegal ban. Many people fleeing persecution and seeking safe harbor for their families are instead left in grave danger. The promise of America, Katrina Island states. She's the deputy director of the ACLU's Immigrants' Rights Project. The promise of America is to serve as a beacon of freedom and hope. And the administration can and should do better to fulfill this promise rather than perpetuate cruel and ineffective policies that betray it. You understand that the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, doesn't believe in protecting Americans at all. This is nothing more than a left-wing front group for radically progressive policies, and no one should donate to it. Whatever the ACLU did back in the day, those days were left back in the day. It's over. That dog won't hunt. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about Texas kids. And they, like Representative Ocasio-Cortez, don't care about the lives and well-being of brown kids. Let the borders be open. Let children be trafficked. Let them be left uh, uh, in the middle of of deserts to die. Let them be raped in the rape trees or in the the, uh, stash houses. And let's go about fulfilling that promise? That's not cruel? God, what an awful group of people in my view. What an absolutely awful, awful group of people. I have said before, I was getting to this and got myself a little sidetracked, it happens, that the president sets policy. Yes, I believe Texas has the right to defend itself, but the president sets policy. I believed that this was true for President Trump, and I believe this is true for President Biden, because I don't change with presidents. I'm talking about the office. I'm talking about a standard. I'm talking about the actual rule of law. Well, that standard should also state that just because you're a judge doesn't mean you have unlimited power. The only court prescribed in the Constitution is the Supreme Court. All these other courts exist at the pleasure of Congress. Who the hell is this judge? Oh, well, he's an Obama appointee. Don't give a damn. The rule on the basis, uh, block, he blocked the rule on the basis that the notice procedures in place for the rule are insufficient under the Administrative Procedure Act. The administration provided a 30-day notice period for the asylum rule, but the judge said that was insufficient because of the rule's complexity. So this isn't based on law. This is based on I don't like it. And this is why President Biden should tell this judge to kiss off. Pound sand, as the kids don't say. Go raise yourself an army and take me on. I'm doing this. I'm the president. You're not. End of list. Take it to the Supreme Court. Have a nice day. Absolutely, I believe this should be the case. It's exactly the same conversation I had about President Trump and how he should handle these things. I've talked about, for example, DACA, Deferred Action on Childhood Arrivals. It's, it was an executive order from President Obama. 
President Trump says, I'm going to rescind that executive order. And some judge says, you can't do that? Go to hell. I did it. Next. You can't do that. I'm the duly elected president. You're a punk judge who doesn't even have to be in that courtroom. Take it to the Supreme Court if you choose. I decide immigration policy for the United States of America. That's why those people voted for me, not you. End of list. You have now heard me describe the same set of of parameters I would apply to both Republican and Democrat presidents because the standard matters. The standard matters greatly. And I would like to see a president actually do this actually engage this way demand better for the love of god but i think the real story here is even biden understands that changes have to come even biden gets that this system this failure at the border There need to be more tools in the arsenal. Now, he's certainly not going far enough. He is not engaged in the the multifaceted way that it has to be, pushing legal immigration, thwarting illegal immigration. How do we engage a better process that keeps Americans safe? How do we bring in the workers necessary for the nation? Because, of course, it is necessary, and to say otherwise is nuts. And how do we put an end to the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, and others who teach people to lie and scream asylum when they're clearly not asylum seekers? Me, I wouldn't allow any of the NGOs to operate at the border. I'd physically remove them if I had to. They're engaged in treason against the United States. If you're teaching people to lie to get into the country, what else do you want me to call it? You don't want to call it treason? Give me another word. They're teaching people to lie. But even Biden wants to do something, and these progressives are like, nope, open borders. This is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. Radicalized judges, an ACLU that doesn't care about Americans, and a progressive president has to battle even other progressives. Man, when does November 2024 come? Oh, 15 months, 16 months? Damn it. I'm Tony Katz. It seems Republicans are really setting the narrative here and are are raising all these allegations and the American people are listening to them. In fact, there's this new Reuters poll I want to show you. Half of Americans believe Hunter Biden is receiving favorable treatment because he is the president's son, with Republicans much more likely than Democrats to believe that. It's important to know that even though half of Americans believe he's getting favorable treatment, most don't think the charges themselves are politically motivated, according to this same poll. What's your reaction to these numbers? Yeah, it sounds about right. Hunter Biden is getting favorable treatment. And it isn't because he's a Democrat or he's Joe Biden's son. It's because he is a shady dude who has done shady things with, wait for it, his shady father. It ain't my fault that they are the Biden crime family. (laughs) 
It's just who they are. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I love this clip from MSNBC. People are listening to the Republicans. How is that even possible? We told them they're racists. Never believe your own power. It's just like all those conservatives who said, oh, you can't vote for Trump in 2016. And then they were, they're stunned. Well, uh, now uh, maybe the liberal media is, is learning that maybe not everybody's going to listen to you. But this is great. Well, I think that it speaks to the point of the fact that the Biden campaign and, and Democrats are saying, look, let the investigation play out so that there isn't this appearance of anyone trying to persuade what the outcome will be. I also think the the election strategy here is to, and Susan alluded to this, talk about what the Republicans are not focusing on. They are focusing on this so they, they don't have to be asked about their record on abortion access, on climate. I think that's also true. But I think that if you're focusing the election on abortion access and climate, well, you're not looking to vote for Republicans anyway. And I don't think that you focus solely on Hunter. I think you're focused on the economy as well. But anybody who doesn't think that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden at this stage of the game shouldn't be investigated, well, what is it that you actually believe? What is it that you actually believe? And I can't believe it's anything great. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.